All right. Welcome to Independent Insights by Vision Source. I'm Aaron Warner, and I'm excited to have another quick conversation on topics specific to independent practice, how we manage our practices, how we run the practices so that we can have more efficient and profitable practices and take care of our patients. Really excited for the conversation we're going to have today with Dr. Tan Mai. Uh, we're going to introduce Tan's five times touch points, his rule of five. Uh, how we can help patients uh, understand and accept the, the treatment offerings that we're prescribing. Um, in this case, we focus a lot on myopia management, but the conversation applies to everything we do in independent optometry. So please enjoy the conversation, share this uh, episode, like, review, subscribe, and let us know what you want to hear. Thanks. And I'm really excited, Ton, to, to have you on with us. Um, you've got a, a practice out in Orange County, California. And uh, we had a really cool discussion at a vision source meeting not long ago that I want to bring back and uh, share with everyone. Uh, but before we do that, uh, give us a little bit of introduction about yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Yeah, great. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, a longtime fan and uh, fan of your work. <laughs> uh, a longtime fan of you, I mean, um, in terms of uh, just being in Southern California together and running each other with vision source. Um, a little bit about me, I uh, went to SCCO, and so I've always been Southern California native. And then after I graduated from school, I decided, you know, let's do something crazy and open a practice cold in Orange County, which is uh, not what my professors told me to do. They told me either buy a practice or don't bother. Um, so I, I, I tried that first. <laughs> I, tried, I tried multiple times. I tried to partner with like a couple of retiring docs. It didn't work out. And then I decided after failing three times with three different doctors getting burned, I said, you know what? If, no one, if this is not going to work out, let me just do it by myself because no one could stop myself except for you know a bank <laughs> if they don't want, won't let me the money. So I opened cold and uh, I decided on day one, I got inspired by a doc on the East Coast um, named Nick Despedidas about opening like a really cool myopia vision therapy practice. So I opened uh, cold with a partner. Uh, she does vision therapy. I do a lot of special contact lenses. And we decided on day one, that's what we're, we're going to be about all about. And uh, so far, so good. Yeah, we basically have um, gotten exactly what we wanted and just looking forward to the future. Well, that's really cool. I didn't uh, realize you had failed three times. Well, failed is probably not the right word, but... Uh... <laughs> Right, uh, uh, you know, struck out three times before uh, before hitting your uh, your home run here. Um, so that's probably a whole other conversation we can have on perseverance and uh, and how you've gotten okay. to where you're at. A quick little note about that: it's it's kind of funny. You know, they say partnerships like a marriage, right? And so I, I I was told in school I thought this was right. You should find a guy who wants to a guy or gal who wants to retire and then associate partnership takeover. I said, okay, that sounds smart. But what happens in practice is that. If a partnership is a, like a marriage, most marriages, a 27-year-old guy doesn't marry a 60-year-old uh, guy or gal, right? It just, it, just, it, just, it just doesn't happen very often. And so if partnership is like a marriage, like these relationships don't happen. I, I, I just believe that the statistically, they don't, they don't pan out. And so uh, I don't know if that's bad advice I got from school, but that was advice I heard. And I believe now, just uh, of course, my experience of N equals 3, that it's bad advice. That that's hilarious. Um, that's a visual I didn't like in my head either. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I looks we we're all told that there's a way to do something, and uh, and I I think that that path works for some and, and certainly doesn't work for others. Um, I also like that that it sounds like you had you were very intentional in what you uh, in in the practice that you built between you and your uh, 
appropriate aged partner that, uh, <laughs> that both of you were very intentional on what you what you wanted to uh, to accomplish. So kudos to you. Um, so the the discussion we had at at that Vision Source meeting, uh, you had framed the question to the group that said, "Hey, um, I think somebody actually asked, you know, how, how many." How was everybody getting myopia management parents to to accept the the recommendations? You know, we're we're recommending, we're educating, we're selling it to them, uh, but my acceptance rate is still really low. And you framed the posed the question back, said, "How many how many touch points do uh, do parents and caregivers need before they accept?" Um, and I think my answer was was you know three four maybe five at, at some point, but uh, I don't think anybody in the room was right. So what is the right answer to that? Yeah. So, um, of course, the, the message varies. Um, we've done a lot of testing in terms of how many touch points until a patient decides to say, stop bothering me. Um, at the same time, what, let me tell you what optometrists need to do that's totally wrong. Optometrists are so scared about appearing, first of all, salesy and appearing spammy, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the real marketing experts out there. Like I'm talking about the, the big corporations, the guys that spend billions of dollars on marketing and sales, and they've studied it in depth like a thousand times over. Some of those companies are mailing, emailing, and texting people like daily <laughs> yeah. to buy their stuff, right? Like, like that's that's what they're doing. Like, you know, like, and I, and I even I've even signed up for mastermind groups and newsletters, and those guys are emailing me daily or weekly. And I actually don't mind because they actually send me good content that actually tries to help me. Um, every time I get a message, and so, anyways, um, there's a there's a marketing rule called the rule of seven, and um, not the, I don't recommend seven for this, but in general, the rule of seven is you have to a person needs to hear something seven times before they take action. So, let's say you see a commercial about uh, a new basketball, uh, or I'm getting I'm getting a message right now for Christmas. It's time to buy my kids like certain toys, <laughs> and I might see a toy once or twice, and I and then I see it like five times. I'm like, wait a minute, a lot of kids got this toy. Maybe I should get this for my son. And so anyways, um, that's the marketing rule of seven. Uh, in, in myopia, uh, what we've done is we've calibrated things. I've, we've messaged patients you know, just once or twice. We've done it five times. I've even had people um, where we email them, text them, call them um, more than 10 times um, just to test it, just to see. Uh, now, of course, once they stop, if they tell us to stop, we will stop. Right now, we've settled on five. So the magic right now is, is the number five. So we, we say we will call you five times afterwards. And I'd say we get about, let's say if I were to do 100 consultations in the next you know, few months, which I will, um, probably 20% of them will say no at the consult and say, I need to think about it, right? Or maybe they, they said, it's, oh, that's a lot of money and things like that. You know, they throw out these things to deflect. Um, but it's really, they just need time to think about it. And they're just so busy. You know, we're all busy running around trying to figure out our schedule. And a lot of times it's actually a matter of scheduling. It's a matter of, um, have, have you ever had a conversation with your wife where someone asks you, hey, uh, do you want to go to this party next Thursday? Oh, no, so how about this? A friend asks you, do you want to go to a party next Thursday? And you don't answer back for like a day or two just because you forgot to ask your wife uh, whether that's good for her schedule. Yes. Has that ever happened to you? Always. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you, you need to confer with her, right? And so oh, yeah. that, 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 that happens like all the time with everything you do. And so the same thing happens with my manager. People, the doctor thinks that they leave and it's because they're price conscious. It's just because they literally haven't had the time to talk to their spouse about it, which they said they were going to do. And by you asking them again, like a week later, so all cadences, I recommend weekly, okay, five times weekly. 
is uh, asking weekly. And then all of a sudden, at the third time, the second time, fourth time, fifth time, they go, oh, yes, I finally asked my husband. And he's like, yeah, we should do this. I, let, let's break this down a little bit because I, I, I love this and there's a, a ton in just the, the five. So you said uh, at the consult that you'll tell them when you get that no, and we'll talk about the no in a minute because I want to dive into that too, but you'll yeah. tell them that you're going to follow up with them five more times. So you've already laid the groundwork and basically said, I'm going to bug you, or you just know that's what's going to happen. We don't tell them how many times. Okay. <laughs> um, we just say, oh yeah, uh, let's say they have a think about it. Then my staff will say, um, sometimes they'll put it on the schedule, say, hey, uh, what time is a good time for me to talk to you next week? They'll go, oh, how about, uh, uh, how about Monday at 12 o'clock? And then we go, great. So you're, schedule- we do this- so you're scheduling the, the, the touch point again? For the phone at times call we schedule or- it. Exactly. We do that in vision therapy too, where we'll schedule a time where we'll say, hey, uh, I know you have to talk to your husband. Let's hop on a Zoom where me, uh, so my, my partner, uh, Val, actually, she'll be like, okay, let's, let's schedule a parent conference where both parents will be there. I can answer all your questions if in case mom just shows up. So th- now the, the best hack is, of course, trying to get the parents, both parents there at the consult. Yep. That would help you. That, that would double your close rate instantaneously is if you train your receptionist to try to get both parents to show up. Um, if they can't show up to the consult together, one thing that's really effective, I, I probably extremely effective, I, I can't remember the last 10 I've done where I haven't closed, where if the parents are in the room, but if, if mom um, FaceTimes or, or you know, gets dad on a FaceTime or phone call, Mm-hmm. And I got talked to him at the same time. The dad actually really loves the fact that she's FaceTiming. And then I hold up the phone. I talk to him and answer his questions. Okay. And that just eliminates that telephone of, I need to ask my wife, what time is good to go to, to the party? You know, because they're both together. Well, it gets them on the same page and it, it gets them, they're both present at the same time. So the communication, communication helps. Cool. What, um, so do you use a telehealth app when you're having these these calls? Do you just do FaceTime with the, the parent? Is there a certain you know Zoom app that you use or whatever yeah. works for them? So if it's um I've done both. Logistically, it's um I've done Zoom, but then sometimes my staff has to set the Zoom, send the link, and there's a little bit extra uh to get the dad on online. But we've done it before where the parents have told us dad can't come. And he's he's working from home or whatever, and then we say, "Oh, will he be able to jump on Zoom at that time?" And then, and then he's able to come on. That doesn't always work so well. Um, we do FaceTime as well. That works really okay. well if they've yeah. got FaceTime. That works extremely well. Now, a lot of times the dad just can't be on it, which happens a ton of times, and that, that's fine. Then we do the telephone, where we try to get them both on the, online a week later, or we just say, "We'll just call you five times." We don't say five times. But we'll call you to to see where you're at, and just because uh, I know you have to think about it. Very cool. So uh, we've talked about phone calls on these touch points. Do you do uh, like text message emails? Do those count as touch points too? Or do you just try to do the five as, as in person? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you or somebody's going to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, right now, uh, we do mostly the phone calls um, just because we want to be able to answer. A lot of times it's because they have questions. Right. And uh, anyone that does a lot of myopia or vision therapy, when you're dealing with parents and kids, when you do when you do other things in optometry, some, it's usually just just a patient, right? But this it's the patient and the parent, and when 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 that is involved, the level of education and uh, you know corralling is uh, the next level. And so for that reason, we have mostly phone call or, or Zoom. That makes sense. I'm assuming Zoom is probably better too, because just like us, yeah. we can we can see each other, we can uh, can see facial yeah. and read facial expressions. Zoom is much better um, right now. We know that if we do a telehealth 
consult ahead of time. Let's say we do a telehealth, and that's actually before they've come in and done any axial length measurements, any refractions, the lambda, any of that. Mm-hmm. If we do a telehealth and we answer all their questions, we'll close at least 85% of the time in, in the room. Where if they meet on, if they meet our counselor ahead of time and talk to them on, on a Zoom meeting and just answer a ton of questions, like for 15 minutes, then that consultation is now like very, a very variable slot because we know that the vast majority of the time they close. Oh, that's genius. So you, so you're seeing the kid for their, their comprehensive exam, their, their, you know, refractive exam where you see that they're, they're myopic and, uh, or you want to, to introduce this. I'm assuming you're telling them, Hey, you know, bad news is it looks like your your yeah. young child is myopic. Good news is now there's something we can do about it. About it, I want to bring you back for a full consultation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before then, I want you to meet with my counselor via telehealth or or Zoom or whatnot. That way, we can give you some early education, answer questions that you have. So that consultation is really set up to close, not set up to introduce the topic. Exactly. So it's not a oh, consultation. It's just a closing session because. Um, 85% of the time plus they're going to say yes because they already had all the back and forth and mom and dad have already talked before that in a way because they've come to at least a consultation because the number one we, I asked this question to the group the vision source group which by the way if you're not in vision source it's a great idea because the, one, of the, one of the best things about vision source is we, have, we host like local mastermind groups and uh, the average vision source practice gross is like, uh, like a million dollars right now I think something like that that's like an average right and so let's say you're in a room with everyone you know, with a million dollar practice, you're gonna learn a bunch of stuff. But that, that's a side conversation. But anyways, I asked the group, like, um, you know, you, you know, why why don't uh, people close? And you know, people think it's price or you know, um, or, or other things. And but the number one reason I found is because the information is just too new. Yep. And so if you've never heard about something, you're not gonna do it. Like, it's, you know, same thing with all of us. Like, we're not gonna jump into something we've never heard of most of the time, unless you're an early adopter, which is only like what ten percent of people. Um, so uh, for that reason, we try to make the information less new as possible. And so that's why people close higher once it's less new. No, that's genius. And that, you know what that feels like to me? That feels just like what we've been doing with LASIK forever. Exactly. The patient comes in and, and interested about LASIK. We talk about it. We're going to send them over to somebody. We're going to answer questions ahead of time. We send over a, uh, a consult that, that you know, has filled out some basic information, a referral sheet rather, um, so they're not showing up at, at the surgeon's ter- bleh, with their consult with the surgeon just out of the blue. They've, they're they're warm consults, and so you're doing the exact same thing just in house. The best ideas are not from our industry. The best ideas have already been done elsewhere. We just need to take them and just plop them in here. And a lot of times, no one's been doing it here, and then it just it's like an atomic bomb. I talked to a LASIK surgeon. He does, I think, um, he, he, uh, not LASIK surgeon, a LASIK marketing guy. And okay. so he helps, he helps with like Envision and a bunch of other people. And what he did with them was um, he set up like a, a like, you know, of course it's a funnel, but basically right. um, he, he basically set up where people go online and then when they ask for a consult, it, it kind of goes to a telehealth queue where they can book a telehealth visit, right? With a counselor, with you know, a staff member at, at, at a right. call center basically, right? And what they found with this, these laser groups, and, they, and they've done this like thousands of times, um, more than we can in optometry, they've got a bigger budget, is that when, they, when a patient comes in for a telehealth visit, a lot of times, let's say the patient lives 40 minutes away, 30 minutes away. But if they've had a telehealth visit where they've actually talked to someone at that office and they, they've met Rachel that works at Envision, then all of a sudden, they'll drive 40 minutes past the 20 other LASIK centers because they had a telehealth visit 
And so, and then also the, the, um, the no-show rate of the, you know, at that laser console is now sky higher than the one that just schedules and gets a console and then no-shows the day of. So they found that their no-show rate dropped tremendously. Their, their, their ability to reach a wider pool of people that live even 30, 40 minutes out has also increased, which is, you know, a lot, a lot of distance in their urban area. And so for that reason, yeah, they found extremely successful with that. Well, I think what you just described is relationship building. The because I'm as a as a consumer, I have no problem. Uh, uh, you know, well, we won't use Envision, but if you know, I don't care if I'm upsetting Best Buy. If I've got an appointment yeah. at Best Buy, I don't care if I if I just don't show. But if I'm meeting with Rob, and I'm going to drop the ball on Rob, now I feel bad. And exactly. so I think once I know Rob and I have an appointment with Rob, it happens to be at Best Buy. Um, the uh, the then I'm least, I'm less likely to. Uh, to, to show up or I'm certainly going to over communicate if I can't make it. I think that's genius. And the, the cost to do so is minimal. Exactly. Technology is available. It's so cheap. It's free. And, uh, yeah. what's the number, what's one of the number one ways to build trust with someone like based on the studies, one of the number one ways to build trust with anyone. To be anyone. I, I think just to, to, to talk to them, get to know them, ask questions, answer their questions. Exactly. Find out about them. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so the studies show that, one of the number one ways to develop trust with anyone, the, the factors, I guess, is time spent with them. Mm-hmm. Just time. And so um, I think it's kind of prehistoric. If let's say I've been hanging with this animal for like, I see the same animal for like three, 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 three months and he hasn't eaten me yet. It's probably a safe animal, right? Like yeah. he, this, this guy, this animal is no problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, so just time spent with someone says, this person is safe. I've seen him forever. And so, yeah, the more time, that's why, um, you know, a lot of, um, that's why if you can have the myopia, let's say, you know, the person closing, if they can do yeah. some of the, the pre-testing and some of the, if they can take the phone call, take the case history, and then, or at least have a proper handoff in the exam room and spend more time with less just, you, know, you just walk into a room and all of a sudden you meet a stranger and they're telling yeah. you, yes, sign up. It's always better. Yep. So let's quantify that a little bit. I, I, at least I'll challenge you. So I don't think it's pure time. I think it's quality time. Because yeah. I'd rather have a solid three minutes with somebody than just us being in the same room for yeah. 20 minutes, right? So it's, it, it doesn't need to be a long amount of time. So if my staff is listening to this, you don't need to spend three hours with a patient in the optical, right? You just need to have very good quality time with them. 100% agreed. Just like, just like you and I, Aaron, we, we, we don't spend like a lot us. of time together, but you know, we know each other and we have quality time together. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, no, I, I, we based this whole conversation around myopia management. And I know you do vision therapy. Um, I'm, I'm willing to bet though that this, these principles, and I know that we hate the word selling, um, although let's be honest, patients are consumers and, and we're trying to, to encourage them to, to buy the recommendations by the engage with us. Heck, even come back next year for a, for an exam. You know, we're selling ourselves, we're selling our, our treatments. Um, uh, I think that uh, that these these fundamentals work with anything, whether you're trying to do myopia management or or uh, or dry eye. You brought in an IPL. You're trying to do uh, some yeah. some high end dry eye aesthetics type stuff um, in the states. You can, you know, even trying to get a patient to use their glaucoma drops. You know, you're you're trying to sell the the service. You're trying to get that buy in, um, and I think that uh, that you know we 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 definitely don't have that rule of seven and. Uh, I don't think we're even doing the rule of five in our office. <laughs> exactly. And very few optometrists even uh, text or uh, they don't email their patients information. So let's say you had a newsletter and all you did was sit down one day, just one day, and you wrote 12 emails. 
just 12, just, just 12, you know. So sent, and you, you went on something like MailChimp and you sent it once a month. You talked about IPL. You talked about um, whatever marketing generates. You, you talked about myopia in terms of what we do, vision therapy, myopia. Yep. If, if you send people that message once, once a, a, just once a month even, and you set an auto, automatic send, and all you did is sat down for like three hours and pounded it out, all of a sudden, not only are you reaching the patient you need, you're reaching mom. Uh, how about this? Even grandma who doesn't have any kids anymore or someone who's even single with no kids. And, but they know, they know kids. They know someone else. And so what, what I say is that, um, uh, you know, the work is done, you know, before the work is, is here. So what that means is like, I, I've been talking about myopia with people coming through six years ago when they didn't have kids yet. Mm-hmm. They didn't even have kids. And now they have kids and that kid is five. And now the kid is myopic and mom is going to do it because first of all, cause I told her about this six years ago. Yeah. She's been, she's, I don't want to say looking forward to the day, but she's, she's known this day is coming. Exactly. Right. So when you go to an orthodontist or let's say a dentist, a lot of times they'll say, yeah, you know, it looks like, you know, a few years based on the bite, uh, who's probably gonna need braces and, you know, in the future, blah, blah, blah. Like you already know it's just a question of when. And uh, the same thing happens with myopia. Unfortunately, a lot of kids are more myopic than ever before. And we, I, I tell parents, even at their general eye exam, or if they're not even parents, they're just a 27-year-old gonna be parent someday. Right. I say, oh, by the way, you're a minus six. Did you know that uh, people like you and me, I'm, I'm also, I'm, I'm a minus nine, if you didn't know that, Aaron. Um, I did know you, that. Yeah, if you, if you didn't... Um, you know, people like you and I, we, we don't have to exist anymore. We can actually slow uh, slow down the progression of myopia tremendously. And they go, oh my gosh, I had no idea. And then now they know the information is now not new. Close rates goes up. Yep. No, I'm, I'm 100% on, uh, on board with that. And I think that uh, the myopia management, if it's not standard of care, quickly needs to be. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that, that, that's a whole other conversation. And uh, probably over some coffee and maybe even a bourbon. But uh, how we how we get the our colleagues to, to get on board? Um, well, Tom, this was uh, this was awesome. The uh, so I just wanted to, to run back through real quick and summarize your 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 rule of five. I'm gonna call it Tom's rule of five now. Sure. And uh, right, so you're 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 scheduling the touch points um, mm-hmm. with the patient. So hey, when can I call you again? Because they gave you that no, which really wasn't a no. It was just a pause. But we had to put a word there, so we said no. The, um, so I'm scheduling that, that touch point. Ideally it's a zoom call or a a FaceTime call where you have both parents involved, um, or everybody that needs to be at some point. I I imagine you might, you know, need grandmas and aunts and uncles. And sometimes it's a community decision, right? And then, uh, you're, you're continuing, continually trying to schedule more touch points. Uh, if the first, if the next, you know, you got to know what the second one or the third one, um, and uh, you do it once a week, right? The, Mm -hmm. um, the and and you go until they tell you stop bugging me, yeah. Or until that that five has run out. So no, not right now. It doesn't mean don't call me again. It just means no, not right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Nice. And uh, the uh, and I, it sounds like you've got this pretty well systemic the, the system built within your practice, right? So mm-hmm. you've got somebody responsible for maintaining. It's almost a, a checklist, right? Here's John Smith, and you know here are the five times that we've we've reached out to him. Do you have that built in? Yes. So we have, right now we're using just, uh, there are other ways to do it. We use like, we tried to use this app called Clinchpad at one point, but it was kind of hard. Then we kind of revert to an Excel sheet 
And then we tried um, other things, but my staff ultimately went for the Excel sheet. So they just have a little, they have the names of the patient and they just have a number of times they reach out to them with little X's in a little box and then they, they go from there. You know, sometimes the simplest systems are the, are the best systems. Yeah. So, um, exactly. And by the cool. way, let's, let's yeah. say a patient says no, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> then you can say, Hey, no, no worries. What if we scheduled little Johnny back in like, you know, f- three, four months and this is absolutely no charge at all. Just comment and we, I just want, we just want to measure his axial length again. That's it. And then see what's at. Inevitably, little Johnny, unfortunately, because he's probably a young myopic kid um, progressing, inevitably, he usually has a longer axial length yeah. at that follow-up visit, which is free, by the way. So it's, it's a low, uh, it's not a salesy uh, pitch because it's just freebie. Then um, parents actually close over 80% of the time at that visit. Let's discount, let's discount tires air check right yeah just come in yeah. let me just let me just check your tire hey by the way you're running low yeah uh, exactly uh, you said it earlier the best ideas a lot of them come from outside the industry we just need to do a better job of stealing them. that's right exactly well so awesome well ton appreciate your your time and uh and, and joining us really appreciate all you do for for your colleagues um certainly in the uh, in the myopia management space but also uh in the practice management space, doing all your in-house research things, like how many times to reach out to somebody and whatnot, so that we can can steal those ideas and, and implement them in our practices to be more successful. My pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. 